I know you do many things, and that's why I'm interested <laughs> in you. You are a musician. You're a songwriter. Um, you know, you, you're a podcaster. You've alluded to working in the automotive industry, yep. and I think now you also work uh, in the social media spectrum. Yep. And uh, wh- where did all that come from? And then, oh, I'm going to do a podcast yep. five fucking times a week. Yeah. That is aggressive. And I'm uh, I'm going to be consistent with it. I think you're on like day 60. Am I right? We just finished episode 59. I will be putting out episode 60 tomorrow. Yeah. That, that is hella consistent. What compelled you to commit to five podcasts a week? Last year, I lost everything. I lost all my money. I lost all my time. And for the first time ever, I felt like even my name was a little bit stained because of what I went through. Hello, beautiful humans. My name's Darius Bashar, and thank you for tuning in to the Create Therefore podcast. This is a podcast where we dive deep into the hearts and minds of creators, artists, and innovators. Disco, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me today, brother. We have known each other for almost, I want to say, three decades. Yeah, definitely. That's a long-ass time. I know. But this is the first time in real life I'm meeting Disco. That's true. I grew up knowing Ali. Yes, you did. And he was a quirky, fun dude. Tell us, who is Disco? The best way to tell you who Disco is, is I'll just give you a little bit of a backstory of like how I even got that name. And I was in the car business for many, many years. In the car business, I was working in areas where it was very Persian heavy. So I was working right at Young and Steel's. And uh, Persian Central. (laughs) You don't get more Persian than Young and Steel's. And, uh, And so every day we would have an influx of like Persian clients walk in and I was working at Infinity at the time. And uh, there's a lot of obviously now more than ever, a lot of people who just come from Iran or other parts in the world where English is definitely not their strongest language. And also a side story. I don't know anything about cars, like how they work or how to change a tire, put air in there and stuff like that. But I made a very (laughs) successful career out of selling them. With that being said, I would always have clients come in and they'd be like, do you have anyone that I can talk to that's Persian? And of course, they would throw me in the fire because I can understand Persian, no problem. But to be able to speak it fluently without sounding like I have a defect of some sort, I just I can't do it. And I don't want to present myself that way. I don't, I don't like doing anything like half-ass, for example. I was really good, though, at saying that I can't speak Persian and and apologizing that I can't speak Persian in perfect Persian. So needless to say, it really got to a point where I was like, I can't even deal with this because I'm not able to use my skills as a salesperson to its fullest capacity because I feel like I'm being handicapped because of this language barrier in which I can't even express myself properly. So an opportunity came to uh, work in Newmarket, Ontario, which is the exact opposite of Toronto because it's a lot more, a lot more Caucasian up there. And I did grow up in that area as well, too. So I was uh, very, very comfortable and, and I was actually excited because I'm like, OK, you know what? Less immigrants, more car sales. Let's just let's just get right into it. And I think I can go there and smash this opportunity. I go to Newmarket and uh, again, I'm working on Infinity and we only have three salespeople there, including myself. And the first day I go there, I get introduced. I meet this sales manager. I meet Dwayne. If Dwayne ever listens to this, I meet Dwayne and he's an awesome human being. 
And then I, I go meet the guy who's going to be sitting right beside me. I go introduce myself and he's like, hi, my name is Ali. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, not again, man. Are you kidding me? So again, nothing against him, of course. But I was just like, there's three salespeople. Two of us are named Ali out of the three in New Market. I'm like, you know, just because I'm a very emotional person, something like that just threw me off already. And I'm like, oh, there, there goes the happiness and there goes the motivation. So I was very, very fortunate that I had such a creative general manager at that time. Actually, he was the owner at the time. And, um, and he knew that there was something special about me, just the, I guess in my approach and the way I did things, the way I presented myself. And so he always looked at me and he's like, I, I don't look at you like an alley. He's like, you're not an alley. He's like, I don't know what you are, but it's not alley. And, and it would be weeks. It would be my, it was within my first few weeks starting there that every week he'd come back to me with something different. He's like, you know what? Hollywood. And he would call me Hollywood for like a week. He's like rock star. He would call me rock star for a week. Then one day I went out and I was like, you know what? I need to like really stand out from the crowd with this car business stuff. So I'm going to go out. I'm going to buy some suspenders. I'm going to buy a bow tie and I'm really going to like step up my step up my game because everyone walks into a car dealership and their first inclination is how are they going to be screwing me today? And I'm going to do everything in my power to not let that happen. So, and I needed to break that barrier and somehow take that away. So I thought, you know, by dressing maybe a little bit funny or a little bit out there, that would put a smile on someone's face. And so I'll never forget walking into the Saturday morning meeting one day and I came dressed all decked out, suspenders, bow tie, and everyone was just dead silent when I walked in. And that's when Mr. Greg Carrasco turned to me and said, disco. And, And something happened when he said that to me that... I took it to like another level. I was like, disco. I was like, I like this. I was like, yeah, disco. It's, you know, from the seventies. I love that era. Everything about that word just means happy. And the best part about it to me was that it's universal. Like I know I can go to Africa and say the word disco and they know it has something to do with music. And it's not like, no doubt. And it's not like heavy metal, you know? Yeah. That's how I got my name. And I just ran with it. Talk to me. Let's dive deeper into disco. Yep. That was the origin story of his name. Yep. I want to know about disco as a creative creature. Disco has definitely evolved from just being a car salesman. And it was two years ago that I walked away from the business as a whole. And so disco today, when it comes to creativity, it's it's more about how is that end user in any way, shape or form, whatever it is that I touch, going to smile because of it. So... Why does it matter to make other people happy? I'm actually so happy you asked that question. We live in a society where growing up in every form of media, for example, we're taught to be independent and we're taught about how important it is to be independent, to stand up for yourself. And I believe that the more that that message is put out and the more people become in tune with that idea, we start now separating ourselves from everybody else. And the problem with that is, is that as a society, as a whole on this planet, we would be way more ahead if we did actually work together. Mm -hmm. But in order to work together, we need to have some form of idea that togetherness 
is just as important, if not more important than independency. And that's intradependency. For example, I've learned now the hard way that it's not just about me being successful. No, man, I need, I need help to be successful. There's no way I'm going to do it on my own. And in turn, I'm going to be able to help other people be successful as well too, because of that. Me being able to make you happy means that now maybe you can try to make somebody else happy and see how it feels, you know? Where does your happiness play in that mix? If I can open your eyes to another idea where before you would have been so sure about the way that you thought and would have never given it the time of day, that makes me happy. I know what you're trying to ask and I don't look at it like that, but my happiness is only if I'm able to do what I am doing every single day. That That's where my happiness comes from. There's nothing material I strive for. So, but is it contingent on results? So if no. like you don't put a smile on my face, does that impact your happiness? Absolutely not because I've also learned through so many failures that just because I didn't make you happy today, A, I'm not going to give up. B, it's not like I'm going out of my way to try to make you happy, but I want to make sure that I present myself in a way that it's going to make you happier. You're going to want to hang out with me more. You're going to want to do yeah. this again, you know? In terms of your show, it's very unique. It's it's crazy love-oriented and optimistic and high energy yeah. in a place where the airwaves are filled with negativity and chopping people down. That's the important part is to... I'm trying to overkill it because in my entire life, it was non-existent. So now it's not about pussyfooting around the idea of love and how important it is. It's no F that it, it is what it is. Deal with it. I'm going to kill you with kindness because again, I learned that I can't do it on my own. So I know other people can't do it on their own. So if they can have something that they can either listen to every single morning, and that's the idea of one love podcast every single morning, just something to listen to for five minutes or 10 minutes. One of the things I found that really helped me ground myself and allow me to start that day the right way or on a positive note was to show appreciation and show gratitude for anything that I can possibly look to in my life. And I'm like, okay, if I'm doing this and I see that it has that kind of impact on me, then no matter how awkward it is, we're going to do this on the show. So talk to me about the origins of this podcast, right? Because I know you do many things and that's why I'm interested <laughs> in you. You are a musician, you're a songwriter, um, you know, you, you're a podcaster. You've alluded to working in the automotive industry. Yep. And I think now you also work uh, in the social media spectrum. Yep. And uh, wh- where did all that come from? And then Oh, I'm going to do a podcast yeah. five fucking times a week. Yeah. That is aggressive. And I'm, uh, I'm going to be consistent with it. And I think you're on like day 60. Am I right? We just finished episode 59. I will be putting out episode 60 tomorrow. Yeah. That, that is hella consistent. What compelled you to commit to five podcasts a week? Last year, I lost everything. I lost all my money. I lost all my time. And for the first time ever, I felt like even my name was a little bit stained because of what I went through. I lost everything. I lost everything at the age of 34. And this was the second time in my life. So I lost everything exactly half a lifetime ago when I was 17 years old and lent money to someone and uh, never got it back. And at the age of 17, I lost everything. Um, I lived in my car for a couple months. 
And then I fast forward 17 years later and at the age of 34, I'm sitting there with monetary commitments like there's no tomorrow, just like the rest of us. And now knowing that I literally have nothing because the company I worked for and sacrificed everything for literally came and just said, sorry, we can't pay you. And it's done. It's over. And literally like it's over. Like it was straight out of a movie. I'm like, I have nothing. I had no idea what to do. I didn't know what to do. All I knew was that I was the type of person that was on social media every single day promoting a product. I got everywhere in the city of Toronto with this product. I was, I helped this product get to the next level. So I had, I had achieved such great accomplishments. So my confidence level was at the highest it's ever been. And then literally two weeks after I moved to my new place, because I was making $500 a month in uh, 2017. You were making $500 a month? In the year 2017, my T4 was for 9000 and something dollars. Mm. Okay. So I, would, I moved to the middle of nowhere, a city I always promised myself I would never step foot in. Okay. So I, I lived in Keswick. And, uh, <laughs> Shout out Keswick. <laughs> and I have two beautiful, amazing friends that, that took me in like their own child and housed me. And while I was getting paid 500 bucks a month, trying to survive, do all this type of stuff, I see like I'm getting this product into TIFF. I'm selling it uh, across borders. I'm doing everything that I need to do to make sure that this thing grows. And so with that, I had a commitment from the owner to, yeah, why don't you? I'm like, is it okay if I get a normal place and live like normal people and maybe somewhere a little bit closer to the city? And so he agreed to make that happen. And, and no word of a lie, two weeks into it, he came to my house and just said he can't pay me anymore. And he said, thank you for everything you did. I'll take it over from here. So, so I lose so it. So it sounds like a rock bottom moment. It was 100% rock bottom. And the worst thing is, is that I had so much support from people like family and friends. I had so much support. What do you mean support? Like in in this business venture? In this business because so, I... So you, you got their endorsement and you're like, this is the next big thing for me. Exactly. And so when I saw this potential and I knew how cool I was, I was like, I can make this work. And that's why I was like, no problem, no brainer. I've been reading so many books about taking opportunities in your life, even if it doesn't look right or whatever the case may be in sacrifice and this and that. I'm like... I'm going to do this and I'm going to be that success story. You know, it's okay. You don't have to make so much money at the beginning, but if you put your hard work and you put your effort in, everything will pay off. And I lost everything. And it's like, so now what do you do? So now, now who's right? And that's the worst part is that preaching positivity every single day and showing people how amazing sacrifice is. And then like you get stomped on and it's like, oh, when people are looking at that, they don't want to experience that. So what do you do? So how long you stay at rock bottom? Till February. That's a long time. Months. Yeah. I lost 40 pounds. Wow. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight because that. So what was. I was the, just upset. What was the turning point? The turning point. It was probably actually my. A couple of my friends, I was very lucky that I had a good friend, one of my guy friends that, that really guided me and helped me like in every way possible to be like, dude, you're the best. You're so unique. We can do this. And it was we, and it was we, and he would just keep feeding me with stuff. And I'm like, why is this person doing this? Why is this person being like this? Mm. And, and it was awesome because my buddy Misha, he'll definitely listen to this. I know that. With him, he was a big Gary Vee fan. Mm. And Gary Vee, now more than ever, is the most popular entrepreneur 
out there on social media. And so when Misha told me I'm nice, it wasn't disco you're nice he's like disco you're fucking nice man like you're the fucking best like he would get mad at me for thinking anything less use your fucking use your hype man i couldn't believe it you're telling me about this turning point and you're talking to me about misha and is is that the same friend misha is my yeah yeah so that's the same guy that was yeah yeah. so take me to that moment where you suddenly decide i'm gonna do a podcast five times a week so in February, um, Misha surprised me and told me that, hey, we're going to go see Gary V in a couple of weeks, which is in March because he's coming to Toronto. And I was like, OK. And I'm like, dude, like I can't afford anything. You know what I mean? And he's like, obviously, like, I already got your ticket, brother. Like, OK, so we're going to go. And what he didn't tell me was that he got the very, very nice tickets, which were like the VIP tickets, which gave us access an opportunity to potentially meet Gary V. And let's just say that entire day on its own where I went to the conference, the Haston Hustle conference, we somehow, both of our names got picked as the two P or there was, I think a hundred winners anyway, but there was thousands of people there. We even got a pair of Gary V kicks that just got released and his book. Dope. And after the conference was done, we had the opportunity to go and actually personally meet him. And I was like, is this actually happening today? Like, how did all this come together? And then we went and um, and then I had my five seconds or 10 seconds with Gary V. introduced myself very quickly. And I said that I'm going to be starting a podcast that's totally based on love. And I believe that the message of love is so underutilized and I'm going to do everything I can to just push this message of love. And he turned to me and he was like, what more can I want to hear from someone you know and he's like i think that's beautiful that's amazing man and and um you got gary v's endorsement and uh and i knew that like the whole name thing obviously worked because five minutes later i was making a little bit of a noise when misha was with gary v and gary v called me out by my name so i'm like see the disco thing definitely works you know so and i know he'll never forget who i am so then just like everybody else when i had this beautiful idea in my mind all i did was procrastinate and i would just keep thinking about, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And I'm still in this point in my life where I have nothing going on really, right? So after that day, after that event, I said, you know what? I'm starting a company and guess what? It's going to be called One Love Company. Very simple, very easy. So in March, I'm trying to start this business and stuff like that. And uh, and it's all based on marketing and sales, all the experience that I've occurred in my life. And But I was like, you know, business in general Who knows when it's going to come, how I'm going to get it. Am I going to be successful today, tomorrow, next year, five years, all that type of stuff. I'm like, so while I'm in the midst of like trying to figure this out and trying to work so hard to like trying to achieve something to bring me out of this situation, I kept turning to motivational anything. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I wanted to do a podcast and I know that every single day I want to motivate myself and I want to be grateful. And these are things that like, I would do anyway on my own. I would just talk to myself in the morning at the end of March. Now I'm like, okay, you, you need to stop procrastinating and just do it. And I'm like, even though I have no clue how to do a podcast, just do it. And don't get me wrong. There's one or two episodes, maybe now somewhere it's online of me basically testing out like how to make a podcast. And I look back at it now and I literally want to cry if anyone's able to ever find them because they were just so brutal. But again, I, instead of being now deterred from continuing to move forward, I just kept trying. I kept trying and I'm like, okay, I got this down and, and let's do it. What keeps you going? You're at 60 pods yeah. podcast, yeah. right? Like how do you keep that consistency going? Two things. First thing is I said I was going to do it. 
So I'm doing it. That's first. Second thing is I just wanted to make a Toronto based podcast. I have people talking to me from Lebanon. I have people talk. I have, I've literally phone calls once a week with a kid from India who I know has nothing. I had someone in Australia reach out to me and say, thank you so much for making my day that much better. And so at the end of the day, even if it's just one person, if I know that one person I don't personally know is committed to listening to me every single day, well, that's better than any relationship I've ever had in my life. <laughs> so you're, you're committed to, to giving them good content. No, it's not about good content. It's about I'm normal. I'm being normal. I'm being myself. And I said I was going to do something every single day. And I challenge you to do something every single day that you really want to. It doesn't have to be a podcast. It could be anything. Working out or going to the gym or eating healthy. So if I can do something that's so difficult, that's so time consuming and makes me absolutely no money and actually hinders me from a lot of things, but I said I'm going to do it and I can see the impact it's having on other people, then that's the reason for me to keep going. Talk to me about what it's like when you feel like you're being true to your heart and people that you care and love about aren't getting it. Man, I was not eating and just so depressed at the end of last year and people would get upset at me for not reaching out to them, you know? And it's like, I could get so upset right now because I'm, I have nothing and they have everything, okay? And they're upset at me for not reaching out to them and for the first time in my life, I'm being called, the, being called out on stuff and I'm like, what? I do everything I can to accommodate to people. Their intention is not to either be negative towards me or to make me upset or to put me down. They're just not as aware, not aware like I am. And so they just don't understand maybe the situation. And because I get that they don't understand the situation, I don't hold that now against them and say, you know what? You guys are all assholes and I'm going to now be successful and forget you guys. No, because it goes back to, I can't do anything on my own. So it doesn't, it doesn't even bother me anymore. If someone doesn't like me, someone doesn't listen to my podcast, that's completely okay no problem at all but it doesn't mean that we change but the like, positive message like legit it's completely okay 100 percent. i is. hear your words and i yeah. trust you yeah, yeah yeah it's hard for yeah, me yeah, to yeah. believe that statement to be true not because yeah. it's you telling no, no, me no. but like is that really true that like someone could be like yo your podcast sucks yeah you're 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 fake this can't be real that's not how the world works and your reaction would be well thank you you're saying you listen to it. That's amazing. And I totally understand that there's no way me as a person or a podcast as a platform is going to accommodate every single human on the planet. I already get that. Um, we were talking earlier before. There's no way that, for example, I'm at the age of 34 able to be influenced by somebody else. I want to talk a little bit about your creative process. I know you create a variety of things and maybe specifically with regards to the podcast because we spent so yeah. much time talking about that. Tell me about your favorite part of the podcast creative process. I don't, I don't like doing it. I don't like doing the podcast. I don't like having to take up three hours of my life to try to figure out what I'm going to do for 15 minutes every single day. I don't like it. It's not something that I jump up and down about and say, oh my God, I can't wait to do my show today. No, it's not about that. Again, we got to remember too that like I'm coming out of that horrible phase that I was in, right? So at the same time I'm doing this podcast, I have a million other things that I need to be accommodating to making sure that I can eat now and I can live a normal life, so to say. 
But you legit don't enjoy the process of making this podcast? Not at all. I don't enjoy the process <laughs> at all. I can't believe yeah, that. I don't, Come on. I don't enjoy the process at all. What I do enjoy is the consistency in the sense that the best part about my show, again, to me, is the thank yous. So it's it's the gratitude. The right? gratitude, that, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and being able to show that. And that's my favorite part. And because I think, listen, I talk about news, weather, and sports every day on my podcast solely for the purpose to be able to be categorized as something my podcast is categorized everywhere as a news based podcast but i don't care about the news because guess what when you listen to the news every day is anyone telling you anything good 90 percent of the time it's not the case but i figured i'd trick you and you'd listen to the negativity that you're used to but what i'm going to do in the intro and in the outro i'm going to talk about something that i find relative or interesting and positive and useful that you, you know, you may hear. And then I follow it up with in the outro, making sure that you hold yourself accountable for your own actions, for your own day, for your own life. I didn't expect the, the one love podcast, yeah. um, host to tell me that he d- does not like, does not enjoy doing it. yeah, that's, that's, that's fascinating. At the end of the day, the only end goal result I need people to have, whether it's music, whether it's even if I'm creating a simple social media post, whether it's for myself or another business or whatever the case may be, I need that reaction to be a smile. Because if I can evoke emotion out of them, especially a positive one, then the odds of me having a higher engagement get pretty good at that point. So you're optimizing for smiles. 100%. Cool. I think you answered this next question for me, but let's take a stab at it. What is the relationship between flow and structure in your creative process? There is no, I'm a disaster inside my head. And so I feel way more than I think. The only thing that's relevant is that I keep trying to figure it out instead of either reverting to other things that would take me backwards in life or keep me stagnant is that I just have will and ambition to make sure that my purpose of making people smile, whether it's on the podcast, whether it's in work is going to happen one way or another. I like that. You keep going, (laughs) you keep going. going. You might not know what you're doing exactly, but you keep going. And that's one of the best ways to figure out how to do it. Last segment. I want to go a little deeper. Yeah. Permission to go a little deeper. 100%. So let's start here. Where do you feel most alive? Physically, literally. Where and when creatively? I don't have the opportunity as much as I wish I did in my life, but in front of a stage or on a stage in front of thousands of people, that's where I feel the most comfortable. And that's where I feel like I can really, truly be myself. And that's because, you know, everything I do in my life is always going to revert back to music. So while I don't even ever talk about it usually, or it's not um, something that's consistently put out there every single day in my life for other people to see, everything I do in terms of acquiring money and stuff like that is for the purpose that one day I'm really going to be able to take my music and make it grow on my own because I know that, you know, in today's society without a record label, it's a little bit more challenging. But at the same time, in today's society without a record label, it's never been more available to yeah. be able to make that name for yourself. So the, you'd answer the question, I feel most alive when I'm on stage in front of thousands of people being able to express myself. Okay. Where do you feel most vulnerable? You know what the funny thing is? 
It's with girls. I haven't had a girlfriend in seven years. Hmm. I haven't gone on a date. God knows. I don't even know when. Because if they had to hear everything I just spoke to you about, (laughs) how do they take that in? And it's like, I don't even. And so that makes me very uncomfortable. Hold on. What part? How do they take that in? Explain that question. If we take my literal life at this moment in time right now. Yeah. I'm 34, just lost everything. And I still don't have anything really other than a weird name, a weird podcast and weird ambitions. I don't feel comfortable going and trying to build a relationship with someone because I just, I have a very different way of doing things in my life, whether it's how I think or what I say or or whatever it may be. And so for me to impose that, not even to impose that, but to bring it into someone else's life is like, again, I don't even want to go through the situation. I don't even want to go through the scenario. I don't want to have to explain to myself to that capacity, to that specific person, why I am the way that I am because I just don't feel comfortable. I've heard you say a couple of times and and I had a reaction to it because I completely disagreed that uh, I had nothing. Uh, and you referred to it in the past and you referred to it surprisingly right now. And I guess I should clarify and I mean materialistic things. Yeah. That's you, what I mean. Materialistic things. Yeah, but I'm sitting in front of a guy that's got magic that's worth infinite money. And that's not normal. For you to be in your situation, for you to also have gone through changes to make yourself more aware of existence on this planet and what it's really all about. Again, if we were common, the world would definitely be different, but we're not, we're not common. Fuck common. Okay. Yeah. But my also point is, is that most people don't think the way that we think. Who cares? Okay. No problem. So I'm not going to try to go on a Tinder date and throw out them what we just talked about on this podcast. Why are you looking for most people? That's the thing. I have no idea. Yeah. I like that. That's a good statement. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I guess being caught up in so much of my own problems, I can't bring somebody else into that life. And my thing always was, is like when I'm not a hundred percent of like where I want to be, or at least on the path of where I want to be, because I'm still trying to figure out the right way. Like I said, I've done 60 episodes of a podcast. I still don't know what the next 60 is going to bring me. Yeah. Until I have some certainties in my life. And again, I guess it's been seven years since I felt like I've had certainties in my life. Until I have some certainties in my life, I couldn't impose my life, my lifestyle, my personality, and everything that comes along with me again, that, on someone else. That's a choice. It's true. And you, you have all the power and all the right to make that choice, but it's just one option. And that's the only thing that makes me uncomfortable. That's the only thing that makes me, that's the only situation scenario. That's a massive, massive scenario. Love. The one love it's podcast crazy, right? guy is saying, it sounds like, can I tell you what it sounds like you're saying? Yeah. I am not worthy of love. Yeah. That's exactly what it sounds like. I, that I agree with you. Do you believe that's a true sentence? Literally, obviously not. Do you believe you are worthy of the most epic love? Not more than anybody else. 
what is your stance on self-love? I know what it's supposed to mean and it, I don't feel that way. Yeah. I, I don't to me, care about what it's yeah, supposed to mean. What does it mean to you? To me, self-love only means, um, and the way that I look at it is again, just being appreciation for all the things that are positive in my life that I have. That's how I look at self-love being grateful for being alive. That that's self that that's as self as I need to go for me. Okay. Because I don't believe, I believe my mission is something a little bit different. And I know now it gets weird cause I'm saying my mission and stuff, but Oh, it got weird way yeah. <laughs> back home. <laughs> I was talking to you about, I, I, I brought it to a weird level. Um, let's get weird with it, man. But um, the issue that I have with me is that I'm really, I pulled myself apart from the society in which I live in. And I don't give a shit about me because I've been through the worst of worst of worst. I've survived. Fantastic. It's not about me anymore. I don't give a fuck about myself. There's way too much bad shit happening around me and in my life that maybe was caused all that other bad shit to happen to me growing up that it needs to change. And that's why even when it comes to a relationship, let's put it this way. I don't got time for that shit. I don't have time to, I would never be able to do a podcast if I had a girlfriend. Maybe. Let, you know, and my point is, is that I'm not ready to figure that part out because these other things are so important to me. Now that I'm 60 episodes in, sorry, girl, I can't, I can't hang out, man. Like I got stuff to do that to me is way more important. So that's a very different answer than earlier. And that's okay that it's different, but it is a different answer. Yeah. So my question is, which one is closer to your truth? No, definitely the second one. one, 100%. It's irrelevant to me about having that significant other. Okay. So I don't want to put myself in that situation. Because don't get me wrong, if someone can just come and love me without me having to go through all of this to get to that point, fantastic. Because I feel like that's how it was when I was younger. Now it's almost like, yo, I'm not going to, if someone's going to date someone named Disco, imagine the pressure it puts on them. Like, I seriously think about this stuff and I'm like, I know that it's weird for some people. So it's only fair. Homie, so it's only I'm going to introduce you to some people <laughs> that I think you're going to, you're going to blend in very well with. I'm always open to different situations in general or just experiences more than anything else but again going back to like who i am today i just look at that situation altogether as like oh no like i I can't i just can't deal with it right now maybe in another 10 years but i just feel like i am gonna get michael jackson syndrome and just be single forever and i get why he was single though because how does somebody else fathom that life a lot of people do if I fucking I, if Beyonce and Jay Z, with their schedules, can make time for kids, and, right. you know what I mean. And there's no right or wrong. No, I believe right. every every belief is totally fucking made up. True. But every belief is true if you put enough energy to it. <laughs> Just pick beliefs that are less limiting, and every once in a while, upgrade them to even less limiting beliefs. That's it. So right? true. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 Definitely. Cool, man. That is. All the time we have, we dived into some juicy friggin' shit. I'm so happy. You had a lot of really cool perspective, and you shared your heart, and you got real, and you shared your successes, yeah. and that's inspiring. And I, uh, I'm really grateful for you being here, and I'm grateful for the content you put out there, and that there are other unique individuals that honor and cherish their wildness. Yeah. And I know you're going to continue to be successful, brother. So thank you for sharing, sharing a little bit 
of that with us today. I really appreciate the opportunity. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I sincerely appreciate it. And I got to see you. This is what it took to see you after 30 years. I know, right? Great. (laughs) Awesome. Well, um, on behalf of the team, which is Sal Talon and myself, uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank our guest, Disco, for sharing his heart with us. And for this week, that's it. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.